Hi there, uh, my name is Allie. Um, this is episode one of a podcast that I will be recording called Nose in a Book. Um, it is going to be my discussions of my favorite books that I'm reading. Um, luckily, I read a couple books a week um, because I actually work at a bookstore and therefore have fairly easy access to all of the new books that I like to read. And um, I'm really excited to actually start discussing these. Uh, obviously, I discuss a lot of the books that I read with my coworkers, but um, it's nice to just to be able to talk about it um, and give my opinion. Um, so the first half of the podcast is going to be an introduction, a little bit about me, um, and then I'll get into discussing um, the book uh, that I've chosen for today, which will be Dune by Frank Herbert. Uh, the edition that I have is the 40th anniversary paperback edition. So I'll be discussing that, and I will be discussing my personal opinion for the first half of the podcast. That'll be uh, a spoiler-free version. Um, and then once I'm about halfway through the podcast, however I however long that takes, I suppose, um, then I will be doing a spoiler review for those of you who have read whatever book I will be reviewing. Uh, so my name is Allie, I'm a university student, and uh, I'm actually doing a degree in English literature, uh, for those of you who don't know me. I also work at a bookstore, as previously stated. I do really enjoy my work there, I've been there almost a year now, and um, most of the job is discussing books with customers, which is obviously something I really enjoy. Uh, I love recommending things to new people. I love discussing new releases and old favorites with my coworkers. I find it really enjoyable and um, very appreciative of that job. Um, I do discuss books a lot with my friends, but it can be uh, difficult if they don't have time to read the books that I would like them to read. So and I don't always have time to explain the full reasons why I enjoy the book anyway, so uh, I think I'm going to be making this podcast. Um, usually I'll be recording episodes, I think, right after I finish reading a book so that I can discuss my immediate thoughts. Um, obviously I will try to make as much of it spoiler-free as possible, and then I'm going to be dedicating some time at, towards the end of the podcast um, to discuss actual events that happen in the book. Um, for other people who have read the same book. Um, so that'll be the main idea. Might be adding things later, but right now um, I have a huge personal library that takes up most of my living room, a lot of my bedroom, and also some places <laughs> in my bathroom and kitchen just because I don't have enough room in my apartment. Um, so I'll just probably be starting um, by going through my favorite books that I've ever read and uh, hopefully also work in some new releases that I've enjoyed as well. So today I'm going to start with uh, Dune by Frank Herbert. The original publication, let me see if I can, oh very nice, where's the publication page? Oh dear. Oh, here we are. Okay. Originally published in 1965. Um, uh, so, yeah, it is more than 40 years old now. Um, the back of my book says that this is a novel that will be forever considered a triumph of the imagination. 
So I'm sure most of you have heard of Dune. There was a um, <laughs> not very good movie created of it. Um, and it's basically about a boy named Paul Atreides who lives on a desert planet, Arrakis. Um, and he will eventually grow into a man called Muad'Dib, who is basically the messiah of the, uh, the situation here. Um, I found this book incredibly enjoyable and much more detailed than I was originally expecting. I was expecting it to be overwhelmingly detailed, um, so much so that it would be boring. <laughs> uh, obviously I heard it talked about anytime anyone ever mentioned, um, older sci-fi that was still, um, well-respected. Um, it did have a huge impact on the community, the sci-fi community, because there's really nothing written like this previously. I mean, now we have so many different series that involve one character, um, journeying and discovering his place in the world, but nothing really had been previously written on this scale. Um, he does have a lot of appendices as well that discuss the world and other information about the people in the world. And I just remember, I think I'm going to be rereading this sometime soon, actually, because I think it is definitely a book that lends itself to rereading. Um, it is so well set up. I do definitely tell people that if you can make it through the first hundred pages, then you'll definitely be able to make it through the whole book. Um, because like I said, there is a lot of stuff that you have to process within the first 75 to 100 pages and keep straight. There's uh, different planets that are discussed. There are uh, different religious um, and I don't know about magic systems necessarily, but there's a lot of different um, political setups. Um, there's a bit of a royalty situation, but there's also different houses, royal houses as well. Um, yeah, and at the beginning of each chapter, there's little commentaries from uh, discussions afterward that happened after the events of the novel, which is really interesting. You kind of get a, a sense of people looking back on what you're reading about. Um, I do find the characters very imaginative and empathetic. I really felt like I could understand, well, the main character is named Paul, um, and you see that he's been raised in such a very specific situation. Um, his parents know that he's going to be the heir to the household, and um, his mother is a very uh, singular and strong woman, and his father is a very interesting character as well, um, but you would have to get more into the actual reading of the book to really understand that. Um, I think, yeah, the, um, the dialogue is very, um, very, hmm, very engaging. I really found, like, there are a lot of books that I've read where I find myself um, accidentally skipping the long paragraphs of description and just going right over to the dialogue. But the way that this one is written is that there's only very small paragraphs in between the dialogue that um, detail the surroundings and a little background of like certain items and talents that people have and such, little descriptions of what the people look like and 
how they think. Um, it is an omnipotent perspective, so you do see from every, the inside of everyone's head, uh, jumps back and forth. So you see the thoughts of Paul and his mother and his father and the people that wait on him. So you have his arms master, you see from his perspective as well. Um, other people that the uh, his parents closely trust. So you kind of get, obviously, outside perspectives on the main characters, which is always really useful. And then, obviously, there's a lot of discussion on the ecology and politics of the planet that they live on. And, I mean, most of the stuff you hear about Dune, you hear, oh, uh, the sandworms, and must mine the planets, and uh, kind of that stuff. And, I mean, that is a huge... Um, huge characteristic of the novel is that discussion. The ecology is like very well detailed and very well imagined, um, so much so that you can really, really, sorry, excuse me, have a picture in your mind of what it must look like and what it must be like to, to live there. I find that I have a, a lot of respect for him, Frank Herbert, for um, being able to really imagine such detailed scientific and ecological developments um, from the time that he lived. Uh, he did such a good job of imagining the planet in such detail that it was obviously fairly easy for him to figure out how people would develop their technology um, in response to that. <laughs> There's all the stuff about the spice and such. Um, but that's only really one characteristic of so many different things that go into this novel and I feel like you can read this novel over and over again with so many different um, mindsets like you can read it and focus on all the politics or you can read it and focus on the planet ecology or you can focus on the I don't know if I would necessarily call it the religion of the women it is a specific religion that only the women are uh, allowed to learn um, it has a lot to do with um controlling one's own mind. Um, I found it really interesting, actually, and there's a, quite a few books that I've read that kind of have a similar feeling with the um, specifically female uh, religious passage <laughs> type thing. Um, and I really did enjoy it. I feel like he balanced that quite well with all the politics that go on in the book, um, which are mostly uh, patriarchal. And then so there's a kind of a nice symmetry between the patriarchal society and the matriarchal society that deal with different parts um, of the societies altogether. I'm definitely going to have to go and be go back and reread this quite soon. Um, it isn't super long, actually, in comparison to some of the other books I've read quite recently. Uh, it's about 500 pages, um, and I definitely would suggest getting a large paperback version of it. I've seen some of the what are called mass-market paperback versions, which are quite small, um, only about the size of a large person's hand. <laughs> and when it comes to a 500-page uh, mass-market novel, those tend to be the size of doorstops. Or large bricks of wood um, and I find that it's much harder to read those without like very very obviously damaging the book like folding the cover bag breaking the spine etc and 
while my edition is a little bent, I find that it, obviously the spine held up much better. I mean, mine is well loved, but um, seeing it on my shelf, you wouldn't consider it to be specifically damaged, even though I did obviously let it hold its own page open at times and such. The print is uh, not too large, not too small. I found that um, the language and the names was a little hard to get used to. There are a lot of very strange pronunciations for the languages. Um, for instance, Bene Gesserit is the name for the female, um, I guess, mage type of magic person. Um, Madi, Lisan Algabe. Kind of reminds me of Arabic, actually. The Mentat. The Great Erg. Hawat. <laughs> yeah, other stuff like that. Um, once you get into, like I said, once you get about 100 pages in, it does become much easier to keep everything straight. Kind of like every other book you read, um, it takes a certain amount of time for you to be able to uh, keep everything in its place, especially when there's, um, like this, there's multiple um, royal houses that you have to remember, but it's not, not as overly detailed as some people say it is. Um, obviously, it is a difficult read, but... I've had more difficult reads, that's for sure. Um, this one I found like, I found that it was enjoyable enough that I wanted to keep reading. I didn't feel overwhelmed by like long, long paragraphs of detail. For instance, when I read Lord of the Rings, that one, <laughs> uh, Tolkien really likes to have long, long paragraphs describing the surroundings um, or the buildings or a certain race of people and wow that's super great I love knowing all of the details of everything he was so imaginative and um, he did a, such a fantastic job in that it is a little tedious to have to read all of that in, in one sitting and you find yourself just going okay I don't care what color the mountains were or how old they were or what kind of lichen and shale was on the side of the mountain for god's sake um, but I think Paul Herbert does, or sorry, Frank Herbert does quite a good job of um, interspersing the the details with um, the actual action in the novel. It doesn't really take very long for things to really get going in with the action. Um, so it's been about 15 minutes. I'm going to start with uh, going into the spoiler territory. So if anyone would like to... Um, stop listening at this point. If you haven't read Dune, I would suggest that. Um, some people don't care about spoilers and are alright with listening um, because they don't think they'll ever read it. And if that's the situation for you, that's great. I hope that I can um, do the novel justice with my review. Um, but if you haven't read Dune and you don't get, want to get spoiled, please stop listening now. And uh, thanks for listening in the first place. Okay, so um, at the very beginning, um, we basically find a little setup with uh, the relationships between um, two 
heads of the uh, competing house. Uh, there's the Atreides house, which is the one that Paul is from, and there is um, a baron, and I believe it's his son, Fedrautha, um, that are from a different house that are trying to get rid of Paul's father, whose name is Leto. So you have a setup um, immediately in the first 20 pages that there's going to be a political coup, or at least an assassination attempt. Uh, then we move on to Paul's mother, Jessica, speaking to the Reverend Mother of um, the religion uh, of the Bene Gesserit, discussing how Paul is going to be very important in the future and what he is going to be bringing to the world. Um, we establish that he has prophetic dreams. And then they give him a test the, uh, to determine if he is the Kwisatz Haderach. <laughs> and there's what I said again about um, it being a little bit of a confusing language pattern. Uh, and then you move on to the point of view of the um, of Paul's weapons master, Thufir, Thufir Hawat. Um, we establish that Paul is a very intelligent young man. Uh, for his age, he has a very specific way of thinking, very logical, and um, he makes connections very easily. So he's discussing Paul's parents and what his kind of place in the universe is. I believe Paul is maybe 11 or 12 at this point, and um, he can recall things word for word very easily, uh, knows his place in the universe, um, and is kind of figuring out how he is going to affect the world around him. Uh, we meet the doctor, Dr. Yue, who is the doctor for the House of Atreides, and does end up uh, betraying them um, from the... He was being paid. Uh, the Harkonnens, I believe, paid Dr. Yue to attempt to assassinate Paul, which does not succeed. Paul managed to foil, manages to foil that himself. We're introduced to Chome, the... Uh, the Combine Hanit Ober Advancer Mercantiles, the Chom Company. The Chom controls the spice. Yeah, things start to get a little bit complicated, and that's only in the first 40 pages. The rest of it includes Paul going up, meeting um, the rest of his people, helping uh, rising. Uh, his father gets killed. He meets his mother. He goes out and... Um, Oh my gosh, there's some, there's some of the language. Uh, it was Chekhov's, uh, one of the ancient hunting languages. I think I'll read some of that. That's pretty hilarious. Well, I mean, not hilarious, but um, it's going to sound hilarious coming from me. Uh, but Paul goes and joins uh, the sand people um, and helps them rise up. And he becomes their messiah and helps uh, take over the planet for good. So here's uh, some of the words. 
Signoro Rebosa Sucares hin manje la chagavas dua me camavas na beslas lile pal robas. Luckily, that's only one sentence, and uh, the rest of it's obviously in English, thank goodness. Although, definitely quite a few more confusing words introduced, um, getting in between, between 200 and 300 pages here. We've got C.H. Taber, obviously the Chikobsa language, different names of the sand people, uh, Liet Kynes, Hilal Kaifa, it's a greeting. Uh, Paul falls in love later on. He ends up embracing his status as the Messiah and um, changes his planet for the good. I found this to be a really uplifting book as well. It was really interesting to see this kind of Messiah, Christ almost character. Um, and obviously he resists it at first. He tries to change his fate, but then he becomes so intelligent and um, able to see so many different possibilities um, that he accepts his place in the universe and has a positive effect on the people around him. Um, and I feel like that is a, a nice lesson to learn. Although, and it doesn't necessarily feel too preachy because there's enough difference between um, Christianity and the religion in here um, that you you don't feel beat over the head with the moral <laughs> necessarily uh, yeah I definitely really enjoyed it um, I read it about maybe six months ago maybe maybe less than that um, I think I'll be reading it quite soon just because um, obviously there's some stuff that I miss. There's always stuff that you miss on a first reading. I'm a big uh, supporter of multiple readings for books. I think it's really important if um, a novel is well written enough to uh, read it more than once. Um, just because there will be things that you probably have glanced through if you read the way I do, which is as fast as possible. and You have to actively slow yourself down. I've had to practice for quite a few years um, to make sure I'm reading everything, especially because the difficulties of the novels that I've been reading, um, novels that I've been reading have been increasing uh, as much as possible. One thing I do enjoy is um, reading novels from different age groups. I do like reading a lot of teen and young adult novels as well, just because it's nice to relax and read something that's a little easier, not as complicated, and uh, I can read those a lot faster. Um, but then I obviously like to intersperse that with novels that are more difficult, more dense, more detailed. And I feel like I learn a lot from those as well, even though it takes me longer to finish them. Um, for instance, I just recently finished the Red Rising trilogy, which uh, I feel like I'm definitely going to have to reread in the next six months because whew, that one was dense, incredibly enjoyable, um, and comparatively quite good. Um, when I um, think about it in comparison to Dune um, but very different the thing is a lot of books can have similar have similarities to Dune just because it is such a universal story it's a story of someone coming of age of falling in love of realizing their place in the larger universe 
the reason it's so well lauded, I think, is because he managed to put in so many different layers of detail from the politics to the ecology, like I said before, um, to the religious aspect, um, to the idea of fate and what control you have over your life. I think that was a really important motif as well. Um, and I feel like a lot of novels can kind of mimic that, the feeling that Dune gives when you're reading it, but nothing can ever really truly do that same thing again. But I feel like the reason so many people tried to emulate Herbert's work is because it is such, um, such a storyline that we have repeated time and time and again. Um, and I feel like we will continue to repeat in our storytelling in uh, time to come. Um, overall, I would definitely rate this book a 9 out of 10, if not a 10 out of 10. Um, it's incredibly enjoyable. I feel like I learned a lot from it. I recommend it to people all the time um, for people who are looking for new sci-fi reads, um, obviously depending on how many books they read or what the reading level is. I definitely wouldn't recommend this book to a 12-year-old, that's for sure, um, but I definitely would recommend it to anyone who, I don't know, graduated high school. <laughs> I feel like anyone can really get into it, and I feel like it would be your own choice as to if you can make it past 50 or 70 or 100 pages and feel like you can um, still properly absorb and enjoy the material, then I would definitely, definitely recommend it. I think it is totally worth a read, even though it's 40 years old. I feel like it still totally um, stands up in comparison to some of the newer sci-fi stuff that's been coming out recently. So uh, I would suggest that you give it a read. So thanks for listening. This has been the first episode of Nose in a Book. Not sure when I'm going to be releasing this or if I'll let anyone listen to it ever. Who knows? Um, but if you are listening to this and you are a friend of mine, please let me know what you think. If you have any suggestions um, for future podcasts or if you have any books you'd like me to talk about, please let me know. And um, I will see you next time.